a celebrated Chicago bluesman whose guitar playing could make your hair stand on end, it could soothe your soul, and pretty much everything in between. Now on today's show, you're gonna wanna have your guitar handy because we'll be learning some elements of his guitar style so you can start adding these big bill-isms to your own playing. Hey, TAC family, this is episode 270 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun designed to help you get more fulfillment, progress, and joy from your acoustic guitar journey. Now, throughout today's episode, I will be keeping you in the loop with some good guitar news, which includes an acoustic duo that will take your breath away, lost and found Tonewood, and much, much more. Plus, you're gonna meet TAC family member Matt from Austin, Texas. He'll be sharing his guitar arsenal with all of us, and he'll give us some insight into a special project that he's working on that will benefit every single guitar geek that's looking to get better which is pretty much all of us. That's what's on the horizon, but first, let's learn from the great Big Bill Brunzi. Now, before I dig into these lessons, I do need to acknowledge two important people that made this episode be, that made this episode happen. Number one, Chris Walls from the Old Town School of Folk Music. Back uh, this last summer, I was in Chicago for the Fretboard Summit, and Chris put on an absolutely amazing workshop involving the guitar style of Big Bill Brunzi. Not only did he teach his guitar style, but he also gave insight into who Big Bill was as a musical figure, as a armchair philosopher, and just as a historical figure. Pretty awesome workshop that very much inspired today's episode. Secondly, Tom Feldman. Tom Feldman. You need to know that name, because if you wanna learn Big Bill's songs, the way he plays them, Tom's your guy. You gotta check out his website, Play Country Blues. It is an encyclopedic resource for all things fingerstyle blues. I love his site, I cannot recommend it enough, and Tom has some great breakdowns of Big Bill songs on his site. In fact, a lot of the lessons that I'm gonna be teaching here today are gleaned from those song lessons that Tom has on his site. So again, please check that out, playcountryblues.com. Uh, so without those two folks, this episode's not happening. So again, huge thanks to Tom and Chris. Okay, moving on to the guitar lessons from Big Bill Brunzi. I've got 10 of them, and the first one is maintain a thumb pulse. Now, I'm gonna show you a clip of Big Bill playing and you're gonna immediately know what I'm talking about. Here's what to look for. Big Bill is gonna be playing with his thumb. He's gonna be playing on those bass strings and he's just gonna be thumping that bass as regular as the sun rising and the sun setting. Secondly, he's doing this awesome percussive thing with his thumb that makes the bass that much more pronounced. And you mix those two things together and you've got the thumb pulse. Here's Big Bill playing. Plain as day, you can see and hear that thumb pulse. So here's how you do it. Uh, for the sake of this example, let's use an E7 chord. Go ahead and make a D7 and then slide it up two frets. Okay, and our thumb is going to be, as you may have guessed, working the bass strings. Uh, index finger will be on the G, middle of the B, ring the high E. Okay, those will come in a little bit later. So let's maintain that nice, steady bass pulse. 
That's cool, but it doesn't sound as full as Big Bill's bass. So let's bring in the muting element. So I want you to take the palm of your fretting, or your rather your picking hand, and put it on the saddle of your guitar. So it's muted, but it carries a little bit more oomph, right? But it's still kind of like, it's not as full as Big Bill's bass. So now we bring in this brush. Big Bill's not just hitting the low E string. He's hitting the E, the A, maybe sometimes the D, but he's muting, so everything becomes okay. If I don't mute and hit all those strings, it sounds weird, like this. Not okay. But if it's muted, all of a sudden it becomes, well, Big Bill's bass. Here's how that sounds. Pretty cool, right? Really full, really thick sounding. So in the vein of Hey Hey, that thumb pulse sounds like this. So as you can tell, it really adds some drive, some, some chug to the tune. And speaking of the thumb, that brings us to lesson number two the power thumb. Big Bill uses his thumb for bass transitions, chord transitions, and it really carries the momentum of the song. A great example is his song, Southbound Train. Let's give it a listen, and then I'll show you how the thumb works in this song. I wonder why that southbound train don't run. I wonder why that southbound train don't run. You cannot not hear the bass. It's almost as if the treble strings aren't there because Big Bill is using his thumb to really accentuate those bass notes, which carries a ton of weight. It moves the song down the track. Southbound train moves the song down the track. You're welcome for that pun. Let me go ahead and play the chord progression of this song so you can see how the thumb activates the bass and really moves the song forward. Again, here's that song, Southbound Train. So as you can tell, it's almost got this uh, uh, doo-woppy feel. I don't know if doo-wop's the right word. Just note that the thumb really drives the bass. Okay, that brings me to lesson number three, and that is free form. If you listen to Big Bill's recordings, seldom does he play the same song the same way. If he wants to add a measure here or there, he does. If he wants to take one away, he does. See, we get latched onto this idea of playing the song right and playing the song not right. Just play the song, however you feel it. Big Bill certainly did. And a great example is the song that I just mentioned, Southbound Train. 
He plays it different every time. There's also another one. Ooh, I'll play it for you. Stump Blues. He kind of vamps during the song. He vamps, he sings a verse, he vamps a little bit more, and then he sings a verse when he's ready. Uh, here's just a quick little excerpt, a quick little nugget of the song Stump Blues. Lesson number four is the A shape. Now, Big Bill Brunzi was not the only guitar player to use the A chord shape. However, in the limited video footage that is out there of Big Bill playing, he uses the A chord shape quite a bit. Here's a great example. Here's the turnaround in Hey Hey. And if you don't see what I'm talking about right away, I'll show it to you after this clip. So if you're not quite sure if you saw it or not, let me show you what I'm talking about. The A shape is just barring your index finger over the second fret, making an A chord. But this is beautiful because it leaves your middle finger open to grab that third fret and your pinky open to grab the fifth fret. Kind of get a little bit, uh, we'll call them different flavors of A. You got an A chord and then an A7. But it gets even better because this is movable. So if you want to play a B, can play that, have access to the same notes. And a great example is that turnaround. Let me go ahead and spell it out for you specifically here. I'll play through that turnaround and you'll see that this A shape gets a ton of use. Now, just because it's an A shape doesn't mean it can't be another chord. Case in point, this is a B chord. Okay, let me play that turnaround. Again, he doesn't just use it in the song Hey Hey. Here's that song Stump Blues again, and again, you'll see the A shape make an appearance. Lesson number five, single note fills. This is beautiful because as much as Big Bill is noted for that pulsing bass that drives the song, He's just as adept at breaking the pulse to do a single note fill and then come back to it. Here's a great example with the song Backwater Blues. I got it one morning. Oh me, I couldn't even get out of my door. I 
enough trouble to make a poor man wonder why the world to go. That's just a single example. There are plenty other instances where Big Bill throws in a single note line that kind of grabs you by the ear and then he's right back into the tune. Uh, another great example is Southbound Train again where he goes from a G to an F, this wonderful little chromatic line, and then he's right back playing the song again. Here's how that sounds. just a great a great way to break up that kind of steady bass that really does kind of grab you by your ear bringing us to lesson number six and that is the finger brush up yes this is common among a lot of delta blues players but big bill does it in an expert fashion he matches that thumb pulse with this upward brush stroke on the treble strings that kind of just gives you this wonderful complete sound. Here's the intro to Stump Blues and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Let me go ahead and show you this technique really quick. I think you'll find it rather addicting. We're going to use the A shape here, so I'll bar the D, G, B, and high E string all on the second fret. I'm gonna lower my middle finger on my fretting hand to the third fret of that high E. Keep that A string open. This is an A7 chord, your new best friend. Now our thumb on our picking hand is just gonna be driving that A string. Nothing fancy, you can mute it if you want to. And your index or middle finger on your picking hand will be brushing up on the E and B string, maybe the G, but it doesn't have to be so exact. It's just a brush. Now again, I say whichever finger is more comfortable because for me, the middle finger just lays across the strings far easier than the index, but if it's the opposite for you, go for it. It really doesn't matter whichever is the most comfortable for your playing. So for every time our thumb hits that A string, we're gonna do an upwards brush on the high strings. So it'll sound like this. If you want to get adventurous, you can use your pinky on the fifth fret of that high E. That would sound like this. So a really great technique if you want to kind of eke out some bluesiness, some kind of some non-exact rough and gruff mojo, if you will. That's not really an exact terminology, but um, it's not about being exact. It's about the feeling hence the, the upward brush with the fingers. Okay, that brings us to lesson number seven, and that is simple and complicated. Let me explain. Big Bill does such a great job at this. When he's singing, he keeps what he's doing on the guitar rather simple because the focus is on the lyrics and the voice. When he's not singing, things on the guitar get complicated rather quick and it creates this wonderful ebb and flow to where you're focused on his voice and then boom, you're focused on the guitar playing and it goes back and forth like a ping pong match. And it's so 
it's just such a great journey to go on as a listener, and it's a great tool in your toolbox as a guitar player, as a performer. Here's a great example. This is gonna be Stump Blues again. We're gonna listen to the intro where things are pretty complicated, pretty noty, and then he goes to singing. And watch what his picking hand does, watch what his fretting hand does, because they kind of lay off the gas and give plenty of room for his voice. Here's that song again, Stump Blues. Lesson number eight is punctuated chord transitions. Big Bill didn't just change from chord to chord, he kind of punched the changes, if you will. I'm gonna go ahead and show you how to do it here in a moment, but first, let's go ahead and listen to him play the song Trouble in Mind. And you're gonna hear him punch a chord transition. And rather me describe it prior to, I want you to watch this video and see if you can hear it. And then I'll show you how to do it in your own playing. Here he is. Cause I'm trouble in mind Babe, I'm so blue Yes, but I won't Won't be blue always I hope you could hear what I was talking about in that short little clip. He was punching the chord transition. It sounds a lot like this. He didn't play exactly that thing, but kind of those, those hard hits. It's almost like a, like a horn section. You know how they kind of blast the chords? But we're just single acoustic guitar players accentuating the chord change by ourselves. Who needs a horn section? So let me go ahead and show you how that's done. I'll give you a quick little exercise. We're gonna play a G chord, a C7 chord, and then we're gonna take that C7, slide it towards the body two frets, so you have a D7. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start on that G, move to the D7, punch it, move to the C7, punch it, and then back to the G. And you'll see that it has this wonderful effect of not only uh, this, this heightened dynamic, but it kind of lets everyone know that, hey, there's a chord change that's about to happen. Okay, here's how it sounds in context. Now you can do that for any chord change that you want to. I just use that little series because I felt like it, it, it might fall under your fingers a little bit easier. This brings us to lesson number nine. And I think I've said this about every single artist I've featured, and that is dynamics. You listen to any of Big Bill's recordings, it's just his voice, his acoustic guitar, his playing, but there's this wonderful control over dynamics. I alluded to it earlier where, you know, when he, when he sings, he plays something that's less complicated and when he just plays guitar, it's a little bit more noty, but also note his control over volume. 
When he sings, the guitar volume goes way down because he's making room for his voice. And again, I think every artist I've ever featured on an episode like this, I've always given a nod to dynamics. And I think that's that just shows how important it is to have kind of a harness around those dynamics so you can control them, so you can kind of control how the song lays out. You don't want to play, you know, 100% right out of the gate because then you have nowhere to go. If you have control over your dynamics, you can create this lovely experience for yourself as a player, but also for the listener. And that brings me to lesson number 10, the final lesson, and that is connection to the music. And specifically, I want to have you listen to a portion of an interview that Big Bill did with Studs Terkel in 1953 uh, in Chicago. And Studs had asked him about playing the real blues. And Big Bill offered some wonderful commentary about not only the blues as a style of music, but kind of how popular culture of the time was treating it and how he wanted to help out the real blues players because he wanted to play the real blues. I'm not doing it justice. You have to hear Big Bill speak about it. Here he is. Blues, they're trying to look like they're trying to get the real blues out of, out of, out of, out of, out of circulation. They're trying to, to get the uh, more bop into it. Yeah, in other words, you, you feel that the blues, the authentic blues, is being pushed around a lot yeah, in various yeah, entertainment you, places. You yeah, mean, you, you, you know, take a fella like, yeah. uh, like Muddy Water, Smokey Hogg, Lightning Hopkins, and uh, John Lee Hooker, and a uh, fella like uh, Brownie McGee, these are uh, all great blues singers. Now, them fellas, them, I don't say, they are not no greater than the other fellas, mm -hmm. uh, what I mean. You name in, them as in examples. The field. Yeah. But I mean, them yeah. fellas are real blues singers, and they sang in the real blues that, was, uh, that I learned when I, was, when I was a kid. You know you what I mean? You feel, in other words, people are a little scared of the real thing. In this world of ours today, they get scared of something that's too real, and they shy away from it, and well, they dress they, it up. They, is that what you mean? They, they, hide, they have hired me to go all the way from here to Europe. You've the, been to Europe about four the, times now. They, right? Yeah, it's my, it's my fourth trip. Mm -hmm. And they hired me and paid me a big salary to go all the way to Europe to play. And they said they don't want nothing but the real blues. And when I get there and the agent talked to me and sent me out on the stage, he wants me to play Frank and Johnny and uh, Old Man Rivers. Old Man River. Well, yeah. maybe this is part of the illness of our time. Bill. But People you see, I'm not, I'm, uh, they, 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 should, they should hire uh, Billy Eckstein. Somebody can sing that. I can't sing that. You're a little too real for him, Bill. Well, that's it. That's well, it. getting back to but the real thing. But they said they right? want the real thing until they yeah. hear it, and then they well, don't that's want it. Now, before we dig into your first dose of acoustic news you can use, I do have a couple questions for you. Number one, are you a Big Bill Brunsey fan? If so, what's your favorite song by him or that you've heard him play? Second question. What other blues artists would you like to see in an episode like this? Let me know in the comments below. As I mentioned, I love doing episodes like this because selfishly, I get to really dig into an artist's style, but also I think it helps out all the guitar geeks watching the show. So if you have any recommendations, please feel free to go ahead and leave them in the comments below. Now I gotta set this all up with the desk so I can deliver to you your first dose of acoustic news you can use. If you're looking for more info about Big Bill Brunzi, his playing, his life, I've got two books I wanna to bring to your attention. The first of which is readily available. It's entitled, I Feel So Good by Bob Reisman. I found a used copy, I think for maybe eight bucks or something like that on Amazon. Uh, the second one is Big Bill's autobiography. 
And this one is, to the best of my research and knowledge, not widely available. You can find it, but you'll have to pay a pretty decent price. I found one for 40 bucks, but I don't trust it because all the other ones are around 100. It's entitled Big Bill Blues, and again, it's his autobiography. It was originally published on um, uh, Music Sales, which is a, a music book company that has a lot of really cool old time and out of print titles. So uh, maybe, maybe we'll put that on our radar and see if it ever comes back in print. Anyways, I just wanted to throw that little nugget out there because if you're anything like me, not only do you like learning about an artist's guitar style, you like learning about their life, their times, the history behind them. So I just wanted to throw that out there. On to your first dose of acoustic news you can use. And I've got one big thing for you right now. You need to stop what you're doing. Well, finish the episode first. But directly after this episode of Acoustic Tuesday, you need to do yourself a favor and listen to Buffalo Kin. Okay. Now, I've actually exchanged messages with them before. We had talked about string gauges or something like that on Instagram. And I was scrolling through Instagram uh, just recently, and I came upon the video you're about to see. Stopped me dead in my tracks, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What's going on here? Um, chills up and down my spine. Beautiful harmonies. Here's Buffalo Kin singing the song Shake the Frost by Tyler Childers. So this is a cover, but we're going to hear some original stuff in a moment, but I want to take you through the same journey I went on. Okay, here's that cover by Buffalo Kin. I saw this video with the fretless banjo. It caught my attention. Jaw on the floor, hair on the back of my neck, standing up. I want you to see it. We're going through the journey. Here's that video. me to check out their EP entitled Wild Open Country. Now, they are a self-proclaimed, a self-described folk noir duo. And that is a perfect description because this EP does nothing but paint pictures in your mind as you listen to it. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've listened to this album and just been entranced by it. I feel sad that it was released almost a year ago and I'm only now catching on to it. Um, just absolutely beautiful. An absolute masterpiece of an album. Uh, it definitely has the vibe. I love the sparseness. I cannot say 
enough good things about it. So I want to treat you to a song off of that album entitled Out on the Western Plains. And here it is. up and down my spine again. Another highlight off that album is the instrumental Spotted Pony. It's an old time song. Uh, he plays it on a banjo and it's just, it's a great arrangement and it sounds so good. The banjo sounds enormous. It sounds funky, it sounds plunky. Everything that old time banjo should sound like. But uh, yeah, please check out that album. You can find it on uh, Spotify, you can find it on YouTube, all the, all the digital music sources. Okay, let's head down to Austin, Texas. We're gonna visit TAC family member and Acoustic Tuesday viewer Matthew Lee. I think the neighbors just got a puppy because I hear a dog barking. Anyways, uh, let's check out Matthew Lee's guitar signal. And he also has a special project that he's working on that I want to share with you that he wants to share with you. But first, the guitar signal. On the wall from the left, a Glary Precision Bass, an Epiphone Thunderbird Goth Bass, a Zenison Flying V, and Zenison Explorer. On the couch from the left, a Fender CD 160, a Cadence Slow Hand, a Cherry Burst Squire Strat, a Lagrima nylon string, a Cadence Acoustica, an Asthorpe square shoulder acoustic in tobacco burst, sprouting up from behind him, a kit built Firebird, and I have my heart goes out for Firebirds. I'm a huge Johnny Winter fan. Uh, and a Hard Luck King's Spider. On the floor from the left, a Gibson ES-335, a Grote 335 with trapeze tailpiece, a Grote Les Paul in a gold top finish, and a classic vibe Jazzmaster. On the rack from the left, a Gibson Les Paul Gem in Amethyst, an Epiphone Les Paul Standard, a Schecter C6 Elite, an Epiphone SG Special VE, a First Axe 222 Adam Levine, a Schecter Omen, a Squire Bullet Mustang, a Squire Classic Vibe 50s, and a Classic Vibe Telecaster. And here's his special message that I think you'll find extremely interesting. I stumbled across the Acoustic Tuesday show from one of your commercials from the YouTube ads about pits and valleys and decided I had nothing to lose, so I give it a crack. I'm working towards my goal of 10,000 hours and am documenting everything I can daily to write a book on my journey and putting the outliers theory through its paces. I'm currently at 2,239 hours and my guitar journey started on March 22nd, 2016. The Acoustic Tuesday Show is my weekly reminder to update my lessons or whatever I'm working on to the next phase. Thank you, Tony and the TAC family for being my practice co-pilots. P.S. Hey, Tony, when my book on my journey is complete sometime in about five and a half years, would you like a copy? Thanks for everything. Sincerely, with love, loyalty, honor, and respect, Matthew Lee from Austin, Texas. First of all, great guitar snowball. Guitar snowball. First of all, great guitar snowball. Second of all, what an awesome project to document your playing sessions. Currently, you're at 2,239 hours. Mind-blowing. So, so awesome. And yes, Yes, I would be interested in a book of your experiences, your journey, and I'm sure the guitar geeks watching would be as well. So Matthew, um, keep going. 
keep doing what you're doing. And when that book is through, when your journey is uh, to a point where you've summed up 10,000 hours, I, I hope it doesn't stop. But I definitely want to read that, that book when it is complete. So keep us posted on that. I want to thank Matthew for sharing his guitar signal with all of us. If you want to be featured on the Acoustic Tuesday show with your guitar signal, please do so. All the links are in the description below. You can get yourself a, uh, gosh, you can get yourself a guitar signal shirt once you get that shirt, take a picture amongst all of your guitars and then submit it using the link again in the description below. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, uh, on to see what the TAC family is working on this week. Every single week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, every day we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar enjoyment. Mondays is a technique challenge, Tuesdays a guitar lick challenge, Wednesdays an improvisation challenge, Thursdays a rhythm guitar challenge, Fridays a chord transition challenge. It is Tuesday. They are working on a guitar lick, and here is what they're working on. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge is entitled Sleigh Bells. In fact, every challenge this week within Tack honors Santa Claus in one way, shape, or form, because he has a mighty fine beard and because the holidays are very much upon us. And aside from the Santa Claus theme, the much more important musical theme this week is Breaking the Rules. I'm gonna go ahead and play this lick for you so you can hear what it sounds like, and as I play it, I wanna see if you can notice when I break the rules and how I break the rules. Here's how it sounds. This is an awesome blues lick and one that has a ton of different uses, a couple of which I'm gonna share here in just a little bit. But first, for those of you wanting to learn this note by note, TACFAM, all you have to do is log in. Once you click on Start Challenge, you'll go right to the teaching video, and after that, you can move to the play along video. Go ahead and pick a speed that's comfortable for you, and don't forget to click on the tab icon in that lower right-hand corner. That'll pull up the tab so you can learn right alongside the video. Okay. So this lick is a key of E blues lick, and it can be used to kick off a song, it can be used to end a song, it can be used as a fill in between bars in a 12 bar blues. So it has a ton of different uses. But first, did you notice where I broke the rules? Did you notice how I broke the rules? Well, if you didn't, let me spell it out for you because it's very subtle. I'm actually breaking the golden rule of pick direction. The golden rule of pick direction states that if a measure is in eighth notes, mean you would count, meaning you would count it one and two and three and four and, you would play that with an alternating pick stroke. Down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. I'm not doing that here. I'm using a series of down strokes. And that's simply to bluesify the entire lick. It adds this subtle tonal nuance that really gives it some drive and some mojo and almost a little bit of grit to it. Let me go ahead and just show you the difference. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that first part with an alternating pick stroke and then I'll follow it up with just the down pick stroke and see if you can pick up on that subtle nuance. Here goes nothing. That, all, that, that series where I do all downstrokes has much more urgency and you can really kind of eke out some of that blues mojo. So, okay, how do you place this lick within a song? Well, first and foremost, it's a great way to kick off a blues rhythm. Let me show you how that sounds.
So that's just one example where you can come right into a, a key of E blues using this lick. It's a great segue. It's a great intro, if you will. Another great way is as you're playing a blues shuffle, it kind of starts to break up some of the measures. Here's how that would sound. You can also use this lick to end a 12 bar blues. You do exactly what I did there, but instead of going to the shuffle pattern again, you just end on a nice fat low E string. It's a great way to cap off any blues tune, be it a 12 bar blues or something maybe a little more crooked, some other variation on the blues. I hope you enjoy this and I hope it's something that you can add to your blues playing that brings in a little spice, a little mojo, if you will. And on that note, I also hope that it's something that you can use to create, well, your own lick from. Now, before we get back into the show, I just wanna remind you of one thing. Distraction is our enemy as guitar players. You know, in the current learning environment, you're sitting in front of a computer learning the guitar, which is something I encourage, it's something I do, I know for a fact that's something you do. But as you sit down in front of your computer, be aware that there's distractions lurking everywhere. So when you sit down to learn, close all the extra windows. You don't need Facebook, you don't need your email open. In my case, you don't need the hockey highlights open from last night. That's not gonna help me play guitar. Yes, it's entertaining, but it does not help me focus and it does not help me play the guitar. And I say this because it's actually, actually I have a challenge for you. The next time you sit down to play guitar, set a timer for 10 minutes. Make sure that you do not engage in any distraction and see how much ground you can cover, how much progress you can achieve in just a 10 minute window, a focused 10 minute window, a distraction free 10 minute window. Give that a try and see how it works out. You'll see how powerful your focus is and how amazing it is when you don't have distractions floating around your head. Your second dose of acoustic news you can use is upon us. I've been thinking about changing it up a little bit and calling it just good guitar news because both of these stories certainly suffice. Uh, first and foremost, Iris guitars. They make phenomenal instruments. Just fantastic, vibey, old school-ish guitars, but they have their own spin. They come out with new models that are just nobody's doing what they're doing. It's awesome, it's just awesome. Well, Iris Guitars just launched uh, some new merchandise. Now, it's probably too late for those of you who are shopping for Christmas. However, uh, if you wanna bust into the new year in style, uh, check out Iris Guitars new merch. Uh, just awesome stuff, really, really awesome stuff. Um, so I think you can go to their website, irisguitars.com. I think that's their website. Just Google it, Iris Guitars. It'll take you to their website. You can check out the merch and order directly from there. They got some hats, they got some new designs, uh, really good stuff. I just pulled up the picture here. They got the headstock design shirt. That's my personal favorite. Uh, the hats are rad. But anyways, uh, check that out. I just saw that and I thought, I like wearing guitar shirts. You probably do too. So yeah, go ahead and visit Irish Guitars for their new merch. Uh, and then lastly, Lost and Found Tonewood. Well, Lost Tonewood and then Found. You might've heard a little bit of buzz about this. There's a new, um, dare I say, celebrity Tonewood on the scene, Lost Tunnel Redwood. And what I love about this is that so many of these quote unquote celebrity Tonewoods have mythical stories. 
and not necessarily a ton of photo documentation. Not the case with Lost Tunnel Redwood. Uh, let's check this out. I wanna go ahead and read you this description as you look at these pictures because if you're a wood geek, well, first of all, if you're a guitar geek, by default, you're a wood geek. And it's really cool to see where these celebrated tone woods come from. So uh, here's the description written by uh, Benjamin Paldacci Guitars. I hope I said that right. I always try so hard with my pronunciations. Uh, the Lost Tunnel Redwood Project is one of the most amazing opportunities I have had since I started my life as a guitar builder. For people who don't know about the tunnel soundboards, this is a long story, but to make it short, this is salvaged redwood at its best. Boswell Guitars and Adam Mendel took days to cut humongous billets of tunnel redwood, and they bought it on the market. And rather, they brought it on the market. Different billets were available, and I chose a couple of tops from three of those. It is an exquisite redwood that will make amazing instruments. One of the best soundboards I had in my hands for a while now. Uh, really great stuff, and I've seen all of the small bench luthiers kind of unpacking this. I know Tom Sands got some. I want to say, I I think Dion got some. I'm not sure. There, it just I, I keep seeing all these different pictures, and it's just so spectacular. It's really spectacular to see. And uh, like I said, these celebrity tone woods are often placed in the mythical category. Whereas this one, we have great documentation, awesome pictures, and seeing some of these billets. I mean. These are enormous pieces of wood that are being salvaged to make guitar tops. And they just so happen to be uh, uh, salvaged from a species of wood that is perfect for guitar tops. So cool to see. Wanted to share it with you, of course. And on those uh, lost and found redwood notes, <laughs> I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, let's take a sneak peek in the next week. And next week, if you have a home recording setup, Next week is for you. Next week, we'll be talking about miking an acoustic guitar. How do you do it? What mics do you use? Well, you'll have to tune in to the Acoustic Tuesday show next week to find out. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And please, before I let you go for the day, do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Yes, fun should be your top priority, and with fun, progress follows. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers, Guitar Geeks Unite.